Hi there, welcome to the first series of the Arkati podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We're happy you're here. Arkati is a new platform created for the architecture and design industry to help connect all of those in it to knowledge, people and inspiration. My name is Paris. I'm an architect based in London who has worked in the design industry for over 10 years and I'll be the host of this series. I started this platform when I noticed a need for better access and connectivity to the events that are put on across the year, from webinars, seminars and CPDs, product launches and trade shows. I noticed it was always a similar crowd of people, lending me to believe that not enough people had the right knowledge or access to these events. And so at the end of 2020, Arkati was born. I'm not yet used to speaking. In fact, I'm actually quite self-conscious about public speaking. So I do apologise in advance for my inexperience, but I'm hoping that you'll bear with me. Over the next four to five weeks, I'll be talking to a number of different people across the industry and exploring how they approach networking and events in the context of their career and life's passions. As a black woman working in the built environment, where 71% of architects are male and only 1% are black, meaning the number of black female architects is probably minuscule, it is important to me to create spaces that are as diverse as the world I wish to see. In this series, I'll be speaking to members of the industry that represent some of the different perspectives that we are faced with, from race to youth and experience, to event attendees and event providers, content creators and avant-garde designers who look to the future. Hopefully we can listen and learn from each other and discover a better understanding of how networking in the industry can be transformed. So please enjoy this Perspectives podcast. Our first guest is Sana Tabassum, who runs the To Scale blog. Sana is a part one architectural assistant based in London. Her page is a go-to for students who want to hone their craft. She shares skills, motivational tips, productivities, and even some difficulties and failures. She is also a part of the MAD Collective, we're very happy to have her with us today. Please enjoy the episode. So, welcome, Sana, to our podcast. Um, this is episode one. Uh, Sana runs the To Scale blog, and she is also a member of the MAD Collective, Millennial Architecture Design Collective. Um, and she has agreed to come on this podcast today and just talk about her perspective um, to do with the industry and, and how she's found networking. So, um, Sana, do you want to just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for having me on your first ever podcast episode. And um, yeah, so my name is Sana Tabassum. I am a part one architectural assistant. I'm based in West London and I studied at the University of Greenwich. I graduated last year in 2019, and I spent the year after graduating setting up my blog to scale, um, which kind of grew into more of a platform, a community-based platform, as well as a magazine publication. And um, I have a few different sort of initiatives and projects that I'm doing. So we've got obviously the Mad Collective, as well as um, working on a project called the Architecture Agora, which is all about um, you know, helping out students who want to apply for architecture but don't really have an idea of um, how universities really are. So I think, um, yeah, I think this whole past year has just been able to sort of let me network within the community and industry. Um, and yeah, that's really me summed up. Well, it's really nice to, um, to get that little bit of background about you. Um, so you said you started to scale 
maybe about a year ago in, in September, I think last year, right? Yeah, yeah. But what prompted you to start it? So um, right after I graduated, I was kind of thinking um, alongside, you know, applying for jobs, what else could I be doing to sort of spend my time in a sense? Um, and I also wanted to kind of have a different skill set rather than just your regular sort of 3D modeling and stuff like that. And I was always kind of interested in setting up a blog, but also um, giving back to the community somehow. Yeah. So the blog kind of started off as, you know, some tutorials and some kind of advice articles for students um, who are or were in the same position that I was. So um, yeah, it was just sort of an outlet that kind of begun that way. I mean, it's, it's done really well. You have some amazing illustrations. Do you do those ones yourself? Um, yeah, I started to do those myself. And then currently we've sort of had a bit of rebrand. So we've got um, someone else doing our illustrations. We've got Sarah Shu, who's an illustrator. Nice. Um, I think her handle is at Microfolly. So yeah, she's been, she's been really amazing at doing our current illustrations. And then the blog expanded. So you, you like you said, you um, show off the skills such as Illustrator, and then you have YouTube tutorials. Um, you have guides for students like site analysis and sun sun diagrams and what to do after a, a crit. That one really, I um, I enjoyed that one personally. Um, so yeah, I think you just the, I guess the aim of your blog is to open up and give more voices and skills to all of the freelancers and um just the students and see what they can do um I think it's, it's super engaging I mean I love to scale and I visit it a lot and I think it's a great blog and a great Instagram uh what was one of the most like positive things that you think has happened this past year I know you for example you released the community magazine yeah I think um that was sort of a lesson in itself really because I'm not really sort of a social or active person in that sense I'm very much an introvert so I think um, just even managing a team and being able to sort of curate different people from around the world who I had never met was really interesting and a really good experience for myself so um, I think that was one of the highlights of the past year for sure. Yeah there, there were some really really interesting um, articles so if you haven't uh, read the community magazine I think it's available online I believe and um, you can possibly still get a physical copy of it. Are there any left? No, there's not any left at the uh, moment. But but hopefully the next issue we can we can progress okay. some more. Anyway. We'll look out for the next issue. Um, yeah. But I, I noticed in the magazine you wrote a post about star architects and micro influencers, um, and you interviewed Thomas Roundtree. Um, and then I noticed that you you said that we're moving away from staff attacks into this much more peer-to-peer -peer learning and yeah. community-based learning. Um, so I think a lot of the blogs that are starting up now, and even Arcity is the same, um, we're about changing the way we interface with architects and interface with each other um, and looking for, for that community-based knowledge and, and taking everything away from the traditional hierarchy of how things always have been. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's lots of um, similarities between to scale and RT. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think even now, like considering how sort of isolated we can end up becoming, it's really important to have that sense of community within the architecture industry as a whole. So I think um, there's loads of different 
great initiatives and creators who are actually yeah. you know putting the time and effort to create these um, different types of styles of content so it's really important that you know students are engaging and things like that um, and it's really beneficial I think as well I think we have to kind of get rid of this um, this idea that there's a lot of competition in architecture and whatnot so I think yeah it's definitely the way to go collaboration so just um, taking you back to the beginnings of your career, um, why did you decide to pursue architecture? Um, so I think I, I was always sort of a creative person and I always have been. And I think architecture was like the perfect combination or the sort of best path to go down for myself because I think um, it has, it has the quality of, you know, you can be as creative as possible, but there's also kind of physical outcomes that was really interesting to me. So, you know, just the idea of thinking that, you know, you're part of a team that kind of ends up designing, you know, a hospital or a sort of um, housing block for people is just incredible to me, I think. So. I, I, I too, I, I love the, the process of um, starting with nothing and ending up with something and being inspired by people and things along the way. It's like the journey of, of architecture. It's an amazing thing to see. And then the outcome, you just get a real sense of like pride. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I get that, I completely understand that. And yeah. um, I think for us, finding inspiration is, is um, something that's perhaps difficult to do because you want to be inspired by the correct thing for the project. That you're working on right. um, and I think for me that's why I personally try to attend like networking events and try to attend all of these um, uh, just talks and seminars and, and learn from others in the industry but um, what about you like how, how do you do you attend events what's your um, personal take on that I think um, as a student, I wasn't really sort of into attending all these kind of events because I was very much focused on my university work. So I didn't really yeah. take the initiative to kind of go out and sort of seek these things. But um, definitely, I think now, because there's so much available to you online, it's just like a no brainer that, you know, you're being able to sort of have access to um, talks and seminars from people around the world that you probably wouldn't have been able to see anyway. So I think that's a, a really positive thing that's come out of all this. And I think um, it, it has definitely changed the way I network as well, because through the blog as well, it's sort of made me a bit more confident to actually take that step and reach out to someone or ask for advice or anything. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um... How do you feel now then when you go to these events? So if before you weren't really thinking about them and, and you weren't even possibly acknowledging that that was a resource mm -hmm. that you had to your disposal, um, when you did move out into that world of events, attendance and uh, perhaps attending conferences or even uh, trade shows and, and talks and seminars, how did you feel at first when you started attending these? Uh, I think I was a bit sort of apprehensive at first because I was just kind of thinking, well, if I don't really like it, what should I do? Should I stay? Should I sort of keep going? Or, you know, should I just try everything at first? Um, and it was just a bit more of, 
figuring out what I prefer to sort of um, get out of these events. So if it was kind of like an educational approach or whether it was purely like seeing who's talking or stuff like that. So I think, um, yeah, I think it was just trying to figure out what I prefer and how that works with my schedule and things like that. Do you attend any of these kind of things frequently or is it something you do more infrequently? Um, I think right before I started my job, it was it was kind of okay because I would attend it as as I wanted to really. I think after sort of having that um, work life, it's become a bit more difficult because after I finish the day, I'm just like, okay, I, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to rest for now. So yeah. um, in terms of that, it's, it's kind of been a bit less frequent, but I think, um, you know, there's so many events out now that are still sort of catered for people working so you can sort of you know jump on a call during your lunch hour or after you finish so I think um yeah it's pretty open I think it's been okay so far for me I think it's definitely getting better um COVID's forced people to go online and um for the whole events industry that's possibly a good thing mm -hmm. um because of attendance so attendance is probably up yeah. Uh, but probably not so much of a good thing because people are perhaps expecting it to be free yeah. and they're probably expecting that um, there are convenient times um, because, well, it's just Zoom, you know, we can do a Zoom call any, any time of the day. Right. Um, but I think possibly for event creators, it's probably a difficult thing um, to, to get the balance, the right balance of. And um, there's also that added... Um, layer where when you see somebody in real life you, you can really get a feel for somebody mm -hmm. whereas when you're behind the screen um, sometimes there's, there's an added barrier um, so I think there's pros and cons obviously to every single thing um, but it's good that you are attending more if you, if you are because of COVID um, being at home and yeah I think it has probably changed a lot of people's perspective on, on, on events and, right. and how they attend them yeah. Um, have you ever felt uncomfortable attending any of the events? Maybe because um, of the crowd that's been there or maybe because of your age or something? Uh, I wouldn't say uncomfortable. I think it would just be more of, you know, if I do find that I'm not sort of understanding or I'm not kind of connecting with the topic or whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. then I do kind of think, okay, maybe I should sort of leave and try it again some, the next time or maybe just look at the the recorded version instead so um yeah. yeah I think that's that's another thing you have to kind of come to terms with and think about because these events can go on for a long time especially virtual ones they do tend to kind of run over as well yeah. so um it just takes up a lot of time that you don't actually like think of at the beginning but after you do sort of attend a few you're just like wow that took a lot of my time so yeah I've definitely snuck out of a few um, before the end of them because, like you said, they mm -hmm. have overran and they've, they've gone on just yeah. a little bit too long. Um, and they're, they're, the resource of having the recorded events has been really, really good because um, I've been able to just, you know, attend them afterwards when yeah. maybe I do have a little bit more time. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think as a junior in the industry that networking um, and knowledge of events is accessible to you? I think, you know, 
as a student, I always had, um, I think most universities do have sort of a lecture series and things where they invite on guests or, um, you know, alumni and stuff, which I think is really, really good to have because it does sort of um, bridge the gap between industry events and, um, you know, what you're doing in university. Yeah. So um, I think especially now there's so many different kind of initiatives who are providing that level of accessibility. So you've got um, the team at like RIBA Future Architects. So they're really keen on pushing stuff specifically yeah. for students, which I think is great. Um, so, you know, even if you kind of um, join like communities, so like architecture social, I think um, that can also kind of give you that push into that whole circle where you know you can connect with someone who knows about an event or you know you can um, you know get more information and knowledge around these things too so I think um, I think yeah it's it, it is more accessible for now for sure I think yeah you're right because um, architecture can become quite an insular crowd and um, then the people who attend the events are all the same because it's just us looking in on each other. Um, and if you start from when you're a student, beginning to look out and look out into the world and look out into the industry and see what else is out there and the conversations that people are having, the topics that are very important. So for example, RIBA Future Architects, um, they're running something this week about mental health. Um, which has become a very, very important topic in, in the industry for students yeah. um, because they're under the most pressure. So um, I think, yeah, having having those resources available to students from an early stage mm -hmm. in their career, um, then it wouldn't be like, it would be different from when I went to university in Philly when you went to university. Um, I had a similar experience in that I didn't look up and look out mm -hmm. and, and I didn't really attend those events. I was so focused on what I was doing and trying to get my work done. Um, it wasn't until I did my master's, say, that I really started going to, I went to Greenwich as well, so I started going to the Hawksmoor series and, mm -hmm. and, and attending those kinds of events. So, yeah. um, it, is, it is good now that people are starting to make things more accessible for, from an earlier stage in the career. Yeah, I think I also like, you know, after you do your part one, you also hear of people um, like even through the blog, I've gotten feedback where people are saying, you know, they don't have that link with industry and practices and things. So attending these events is definitely like the foot in the door. So even if you do attend like a talk where, you know, a practice director is speaking, you get to kind of know that, you know, this practice exists and the sort of work they're doing as well. So you get a kind of insight indirectly, I suppose, which is really good. Yeah, because you get a flavour for the person and you could also, if, for example, then you wanted to apply to them, you could reference and say, well, I saw you at this lecture and we were talking about this and yeah. the topic you were talking about really interested me. So um, I think for me, networking has become an invaluable tool um, and a skill that I've, I've learned and um, I'm sure you'll find the same thing or you found the same thing through to scale is that you, you you become you lean on these people but you learn from them as well um, so you will become connected and, and mm -hmm. um, grows and everything becomes a little bit better um, in a quickly non, yeah. not too utopic sense of the word <laughs> um, yeah 
in the future, what would you like to see in terms of events? Perhaps maybe like the formats um, that are coming up, uh, content, length, price, is, are things affordable and easy for you to attend? I mean, um, just from like a personal opinion, I, I would like to see free events. Like I know, I do understand people are sort of giving up their time and um, efforts to actually curate and create these events. But when you think of the bigger picture, it's like if you're sort of targeting events for students, for example, it's just so much easier for them to have access. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they, if they do see sort of a price tag on it and they think, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure about that. And, it kind of puts them off in a sense. So I think yes. that's an aspect to it that I think um, needs to be figured out. Yeah, that will pay us more. <laughs> <laughs> pay us more from yeah, earlier in exactly. year and then we can attend we can events and pay for them. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that is a massive other conversation. Um, there, there's definitely a, a bit of an off-put when it comes to a price tag. Um, and I, I, I completely hear that, yeah. I think um, it's, it's a, it can create a barrier, an unnecessary barrier to, mm -hmm. to events. Yeah. Um, but perhaps if they need for it to be a, a, a priced event, um, then create schemes for people, you know? Like, yeah. So if, if you're from a lower income or something like that, maybe you get a free ticket yeah. or if you've done something and get a free one. Um, so I know you've got maybe a few events planned for next year. Yeah, I think, um, I think even now, like what we're doing at the MAD Collective is we're trying to aim for our symposium events to be as interactive and engaging as possible. So we're not trying to discuss topics between ourselves. We're also trying to engage with our audiences and get to know their opinions and provide sort of a space where they can share their their opinions as well and um, we can also kind of collectively discuss topics that aren't sort of um, popular in the architecture space so I think um, I think that's also an aspect of it is to maybe steer towards you know how can we actually make these virtual events a bit more engaging and interactive um, so yeah it's going to be it's going to be fun trying to sort of steer that and figure out how to actually put on an event. Yeah, I think um, there's probably people that you can learn from, but um, I, I really love the way that the whole industry has kind of moved onto social media. So for me, we're already entering that futuristic version of events. And um, the fact that the whole industry's had to forcibly follow us into into the virtual world because of covid um to yeah. me has been really interesting and i think um your generation in particular because you're a generation after me in a sense um you guys are probably leading the way and we're all going to be looking to you <laughs> for how, how to best format these events and, and connect with um you know the part ones and the younger designers in the industry at the moment yeah, for sure. Um, so I look forward to see what you come up with. Yeah, I think it should be good. I think that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me on your first ever podcast episode. No, thank you, Sana. That was wonderful having you on our first ever episode and speak to you again soon. Everybody who wants to be there feels welcome. 
Thanks again to Sana, who has been busy planning the Mad Collective's MadCon, a spectacular virtual event aimed at students and content creators taking place from the 19th to the 21st of February. Check out Sana's Instagram at 2.scale and at the underscore Mad Collective for more details. Next week, we have Rachel Hymas from If Not Now, Then When. I'm really looking forward to that and hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Bye.